And now, coming to you from over 65 million years ago, all the way from the badlands of Montana to the far reaches of Mongolia, follow him on Dino Day Paleo Adventures on Facebook or YouTube. Welcome to Hell Creek and Back with Dino Dave Fuquay. And welcome to another episode of The Hell Creek and Back with Dino Dave. My name is Dino Dave Fuquay. I am a dinosaur hunter and enthusiast from Glendive, Montana, with a lot of stories to tell. And let me tell you, March 23rd last week was the first day of spring or at least it was here in Glendive, Montana. Your calendars might say March 21st is the first day of spring, but not so here. Glendive's four distinct seasons are marked by events from the Yellowstone River, not a specific day on the calendar. The first day of winter being the day the Yellowstone River is completely froze over. And then spring starts the day the river breaks up as it did last week. The first day of summer is the day the river starts to go down from the spring runoff we call the June rise. And lastly, fall is marked by the day you have to buy a new prop for your boat because you hit the river bottom way too much. This winter was one of the coldest winters I remember. It was brutal. I haven't remembered a winter like this since I was a kid and that is true. It truly was the coldest winter since 1983. Except, when I was a kid, I didn't mind because I didn't know any better, and I had no frame of reference. I grew up in Montana, and being nine years old, the whole time I had no idea what it was like to have a California winter. Montana kids were tough. Well, I'll be the first to admit, I'm not tough anymore. I've been to Cancun, I've been to Hawaii, the Virgin Islands, I've been to Belize. I can go on, and by the way, Belize is my favorite. The only reason I went to Belize was a highly effective 3x5 ad in the back of a travel magazine that made me feel like if Indiana Jones were to pick a vacation, he would go to Belize. I had not even heard of Belize, but I ran to the phone, called my travel buddies Dave and Russ and said, we are going to Belize. Both of them had the same answer. That sounds awesome, I'm in. Now what and where is Belize? They had no idea where it was at or haven't even heard of it. Neither have I. But my Indiana Jones reference was confirmed a few years later after the horrible movie Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skulls was made. It was made about the Belize area. Anyway, I will tell you more about Belize stories in another episode, but you get my point. Like a top UFC fighter who discovered Dairy Queen, I was no longer Montana tough. I despise winter. When I went to dig cetacosaurs with my old professor Jack Horner in Mongolia, one thing that struck me among many was that the bones of the cetacosaurs had distinct rings in them like a pine tree. I didn't get an exact reasoning for it. It's probably still under investigation, but it's obvious. Cetacosaurs definitely went through some type of hibernation or long period of inactivity. I am pretty sure that's what my bones are starting to look like. As soon as the river is frozen over, Dino Dave trades his hiking boots in for some comfy sweatpants and a couch. The belly gets a little bigger and my bathroom scale starts to hate me. Our Groundhog's Day in Glendive is not measured by a groundhog, but by a frozen river. If the river is still frozen in March, 
Well, that means four more weeks of Netflix. Well, like I said, we had just had the coldest winter since 1983. When the Yellowstone River breaks, it happens fast. Some years are whimpers, but like any bond that was once strong, including a personal relationship, when they break up, they break hard. With this winter, Glendive was ready for it. I've seen Old Faithful many times. Over 3 million people a year visit Old Faithful. But I would choose a good Yellowstone River ice breakout any day over Old Faithful. This year did not disappoint, and except for the, some of the sad flooding situations that resulted, it was an awesome sight to behold. The riverbanks were now littered with giant icebergs. For those old enough to remember the first Superman with Christopher Reeve and the planet Krypton, the banks looked just like Krypton. At least that's what I thought when I, it looked like when I sneaked down there with my friends back in 1983 when this happened just like this before. We would climb from iceberg to iceberg and it truly felt like we were on a different planet. That year, flooding of the river drifted over to our little league fields. There were little icebergs floating in the currentless water. In 1983, we didn't have mind-numbing video games to occupy us, so we sought our own entertainment. This wasn't smart, but I started to show off to my friends, or maybe it was a dare, I don't remember, but I started jumping from little iceberg to iceberg. The first two were rather fun. Man, this is just like a video game, I thought, but only real and only one life. I went for a third iceberg and whoops, this one was not sturdy like the other two. It was like it had a trap door and the ice did not support my weight and I fell to the icy cold water. I panicked. I started flapping my arms like a chicken with its head, with its head cut off. Stand up, my friend said. I didn't listen. I was too busy saving my own life. But with this heavy jacket, I was really having trouble. I just wasn't getting anywhere. I panicked some more. Stand up again, my friends yelled. I still didn't listen. I was in trouble, and I was concentrating on getting out of it. A third time they yelled, Dave, stand up. Finally, the words got in my head, and I stopped flapping my arms and tried to stand up. And I was literally in only two feet of water. Oh, I said sheepishly. I stood up and then walked right out of there like a boss. Playtime was over that day, though, and I ran straight home for a hot bath. Whenever I fly over Glendive, I can't help but notice, anywhere really, how the alluvial tributaries of the Yellowstone look exactly like capillaries from a blood vein to the earth. Growing up around the Yellowstone, it was always a part of me and definitely a part of my blood. In June, the waters from the melt of the Yellowstone Park, mountains, and surrounding areas would cause for some swift and high dangerous currents. I'm about to tell you another story that I cannot encourage. We have a railroad bridge in Glendive that is very authentic looking and we simply call it the Black Bridge. 25 years ago we used to jump from it to feel our summer days much to the chagrin of the railroad. You don't want to do it now though. The river has changed so much in just 20 years the once deep hole that we jumped into is now literally an island. In fact, the railroad years ago dumped rocks and rocks we call riprap along the river bank to alter its course because otherwise the erosion would have destroyed its tracks. Well, it worked. On that side of the river anyway, 
but now the river doesn't really flow directly under the bridge anymore like it used to. Now it runs parallel to the bridge until it hits the bank and whirlpools later and eventually it flows under the bridge. But I promise you, whether it's 20 years from now or 50, they're go they are going to have to do something because each year the river pushes farther and farther into the poor old farmer's land across the river from the riprap. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction, and the bank on the other side is getting it. He has farming land, and every year his land is getting less and less. But anyway, back to my story. When you are 18 years old, sometimes we do things that test our manhood among our peers. The Black Bridge is a truss bridge. The usual place to jump is about 30 feet, depending on how high the river is. But for the truly brave, or stupid, depending on your definition, you could climb to the very top of the truss and jump there, which is about 70 feet. The most dangerous part actually is the actual climb. Well, if that wasn't stupid enough, this particular day we were jumping in June when the current is fast and high. The other problem is that the high waters bring down a lot of logs. Half the jump was just to dodge the logs. I yelled below to the spotter, is it clear? Yeah, it's clear, he said. No, wait, there is something black coming. It looks like a big log, hold up. I put my adrenaline fix on hold for the minute as the log came closer. The fast current didn't take long. In the spirit of Han Solo saying, that's no moon, I explained, that's no log. What came floating along below us was actually a beloaded dead cow. That's a cow! I yelled, and we all had a good laugh. And as soon as the cow floated by, we made the jump, and it was another great day as a kid on the mighty Yellowstone. I thought about that cow, and thought to myself, well, there you have it. That's why I find dinosaurs in fluvial river bottoms in the nearby Hill Creek Formation in, in Makoshika Park. The Badlands and their beautiful different strata were all built by slow, meandering, or braided rivers. But what I, learned, what I learned later, that they were not built by rivers like the Yellowstone. The Yellowstone River, like most rivers, erodes and cuts away. But the rivers that build Badlands were a rare, a grading river, meaning they build up, depositing more sediment instead of erode. In fact, we only have a few aggrading rivers in the world today, one of them being the delta of the Big Muddy, the Mississippi River at the Gulf of Mexico. Remember, we had a giant seaway from the Gulf of Mexico that flowed continuously north through Canada 75 million years ago. With tectonic forces, the Rocky Mountains started rising geologically fast in the west and dumped sediment everywhere. I remember when I was six years old, my parents told me the Sandman came. I looked outside and my sandbox was over, overflowed with sand. Best day ever. Well, this inland sea eventually became like my sandbox. Just like our Mississippi Delta we have now, there are countless rivers, deltas creating badlands and gradually filled this inland sea, pushing it east as the years went by. They say the climate was back then was much like Texas and Louisiana in Montana 65 million years ago. I lived in Texas, and there was definitely a flooding season every year. 
Obviously, the most common thing I find in the Hell Creek are turtles, crocs, and champsasaurs, which is an extinct alligator-looking thing, because they already lived in the water. Now, in Mongolia, almost every cetacosaur we found was articulated, meaning it looked like it was buried yesterday and that its skeletal parts were in place, at least most of them. Articulation is a rare thing in the Hell Creek Formation, but does occasionally happen under perfect conditions. Associated skeletons are the next best thing, but usually just chunks of bones everywhere. But after seeing that dead cow float by during the high water season under the bridge that day, I saw it firsthand. All those rivers, those dinosaurs had to cross, especially if they were in herds. It wouldn't be difficult for a Triceratops to find the same destiny as that dead cow. Whether it was a 65 million year old river or the river that ran through our town, I grew, grew up around a river. All summer long was fishing, swimming, or floating in it. I used to joke about different types of showers. A five minute shower is called a navy shower. A 30 minute shower is a female shower. A deodorant shower. If all they use is deodorant, well, that's a cowboy shower. And if a, a redneck shower, you just turn your underwear inside out. But a Dino Dave shower, you jump in the Yellowstone River. It, I was considered clean if I jumped into that muddy Yellowstone River. In fact, in sixth grade, Cody, my childhood friend and I, even made the front page with our picture in the caption saying, Glendive's own Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer. You see, one day we decided it would be fun to write our names and addresses in the bottle and throw it in the river. It sounded exciting. We spent all day to search for the perfect bottle, wrote a note, our contact info, and headed to the river. Oh, the possibilities. This thing could reach the Gulf of Mexico after all. Anticipations were high. Cody, the best and fastest pitcher in the Little League, threw it as far as he could. We watched the current take it, and then it slammed into the bank only a couple hundred yards away. So much for the Gulf of Mexico. Well, another good idea down the drain and all that work for nothing. We got out our fishing poles and back to our summer routine. But wait, the following year, which means it somehow survived the icy river, Cody got a letter in the mail. It was from someone at an RV park that was along the Missouri River in Williston, North Dakota. They got our bottle. North Dakota wasn't as glamorous as the Gulf of Mexico, but hey, I'll take it. Our local paper wrote a story about it, and it was my first taste of fame as they interviewed both Cody and I. I still remember my quote, and they published it. I said, if I saw a bottle floating down the river, I'd probably throw rocks at it. Thanks for listening to my show on KGRT, Treasure State Radio. Please follow me on Instagram under Dino Dave Adventures. Find my YouTube video, videos under Dino Dave Paleo Adventures. Until then, we'll see you next week. Find more about Dino Dave at treasurestateradio.com. You are listening to the Treasure State Radio Network. <laughs>